Welcome to the WIDA Connect podcast series, where we will explore all the hot topics affecting the equipment dealer industry. From industry news, government affairs, and manufacturer relations, to business best practices, technology, and marketing for equipment dealers, brought to you by the Western Equipment Dealers Association, here to advocate, elevate, and educate. And now, let's connect. Hi, this is Mike Kramer, Western Equipment Dealers Association. In this podcast with Association CEO John Schmeiser, we'll continue our review of Section 2 of questions to ask before acquiring a new manufacturer. In our previous podcast, John explained what dealers need to consider when looking at terms of payment for whole goods and parts, as well as a manufacturer's parts return policy. In this segment, John will discuss service tools and personnel training and manufacturer warranty policies. John, if you're ready to go. Absolutely, Mike. Once again, thanks for having me. All right, great. Let's begin with service tools dealers are required to have. I think this is one of the things that dealers overlook when they're taking into consideration, you know, adding a new contract. And this is something that they should pay more attention to because almost every manufacturer has uh, specialized tools, you know, for the repair and maintenance of the equipment. And this can run up into the hundreds of thousands of dollars of costs when you take service tools and service manuals into consideration. So we we know that our dealers maybe think of this as, as an afterthought, but I think this should be one of those questions, you know, that are front and center. And And I might add, Mike, that, you know, because of the significant cost that dealers are making in-service tools because of their manufacturer relationship and, and carrying that line. We've actually run to our, our state and our provincial legislatures and got reimbursement provisions in place that cover service tools and service manuals because of that significant cost. There's value in those items, um, you know, at the time of a contract ending, but really what dealers need to do is pay attention to the investment that they're going to have to make when they take on a new product line. And service tools and service manuals can be a significant outlay that has to be made at the beginning of the contract. Absolutely. Special repairs require special tools. All good stuff, John. Thank you. From the investment in service tools, let's look at the training of personnel. That's right. And, you know, the practice within the industry is that training uh, or service schools that the manufacturers put on are typically away from the dealer's place of business. So not only are we making an investment of, of our service tech's time of going to these training schools, but it's lost time that can be billed out to a customer as well. So, you know, right again, right from the beginning, a dealer should be asking, uh, how many employee training schools, service schools does a manufacturer typically require each year? What service schools do they offer for training for sales and for the parts people? Are these away from the dealership or are these, you know, provided uh, on site? In most cases, it's, again, away from the dealership. Dealers should really know the frequency that their their people are going to have to be away, you know, over the coming year, especially in the first year when they take on a new contract. Again, this is going to be a significant cost, and it's also going to result in some, you know, lost business. We know that some manufacturers make the attendance of these training sessions as mandatory. Right. And so 
fair enough. We understand that the dealership personnel should be appropriately prepared, you know, to do quick and efficient service work and repair work on behalf of the customer. But again, we're encouraging all of our dealers to ask these questions so they know what their cost, their commitment is going to be upfront. And related to this, Mike, we, sh- we shouldn't forget about, you know, what technology has brought us. Stuff can be done through go-to meetings or, or remotely. And, you know, what's very important is for the dealer to clarify from the manufacturer is, you know, how do we have access to your technical experts, especially when something is under warranty? Is it a 1-800 number? Is it something online in terms of online tools of how they can access these experts? Because certainly in a when a dealer is taking on a new product line in that first year, he wants to service his customer to the best of the ability, and all this stuff is important. But the dealer should clearly understand what the process is for his people to reach out to the manufacturer for that technical expertise that's going to be needed, especially under warranty periods. All right. Great, John. From service tools and personnel training, we move to a topic that can be and has been somewhat of a bumpy road, manufacturer warranty policies. So let's begin with part one of this category, covered items. Yeah, perhaps the most important of this particular category is what is covered, what type of equipment, what type of parts warranties does the manufacturer provide? Do the warranties include powertrain, body, uh, chassis, and how long is the warranty? Some of our states, some of our provinces have no mandatory minimum of a one-year warranty period, but manufacturers do as a marketing tool, you know, often do provide longer warranty periods. Great question for the dealer and for the sales personnel to know right at the beginning of the relationship with the manufacturer. Related to that is extended warranties. Does the manufacturer have an extended warranty option? There are third-party extended warranty providers out there. In some cases, that may be better than what the manufacturer is offering, or the manufacturer may have a you know, a subsidized extended warranty program. Again, an extended warranty program or offering can help the dealer facilitate a sale with the customer. So knowing that information up front, again, very valuable to the salesman. You know, related to that, what's covered under extended warranty, how long that that covers, is it an hour or a year limitation? Maybe more importantly about what is not covered. Uh, When an extended warranty policy is put out in front of the customer, Typically, we look at what's covered, and sometimes what's not covered is overlooked, and that's where we have a a failure, and then we have a dispute between the dealer and the customer that we all want to avoid. So other things to keep in mind in terms of warranties, whether it's extended or manufacturer warranty, is transportation, travel time, pickup, delivery charges. What's the manufacturer's reimbursement policy on all of those things? And another thing that's become an emerging issue is a dealer responsible for doing warranty work on a new piece of equipment that was not sold by him, that was retailed by another dealer. Does the manufacturer have a protected trade territory where maybe there is a service holdback from somebody that sells outside of their area and ties it into the warranty that is being done? Again, very important questions. And, and you know, we've seen a lot of slippage and dealer financial performance in this area of warranty. One of the best pieces of advice that we can give dealers when you're entering into a new relationship with a manufacturer is clearly understand what that warranty reimbursement policy is going to be. And the other thing, Mike, over the years, we've seen incredible gaps in what costs dealers are incurring in the warranty area versus what the manufacturers are covering. And equipment dealers have come to us, their association, 
and suggested that we close that gap, you know, through legislation. It's something our association is prepared to do, but we always look at legislation as a last resort. And we would like to have our dealers through their association indirectly or directly have those conversations with, with manufacturers of increasing their warranty coverage and, and to stop offloading costs on the warranty area onto dealerships. It, it, John, incredible. And I think you mentioned the word gap, and that is such an important word. And that takes us right up really to warranty policies and the importance of filing procedures. This is an extremely important area because there are a lot of pieces in this process that need to be precise. Absolutely. And mandatory training for every dealership service writer or service manager is the procedure on filing warranty claims. And if the manufacturer does not provide this to the dealer at the time of the contract start, dealers should be asking for this. These processes and procedures, I think, are the guidelines, the roadmap for the dealer to ensure not only do their warranty claims get filed on time, but they get very quick and prompt uh, payment on those warranty claims. So the dealer really needs to know what supporting evidence, what documentation he needs to have to support that warranty claims. There's nothing more frustrating for a dealer to have a warranty claim submitted and then being rejected because not all the proper information was provided. Let's try and avoid those mistakes as much as possible. So a dealer really needs to know, and the service manager responsible for this really needs to know how these warranty payments are going to be handled. And they're paying attention to the process is so important. And in some cases, Mike, I'll give a lot of credit to the manufacturers who do spend a fair bit of time training dealers and their staff on these policies and their and the procedures. The last thing that we want to see is any one of our dealers go through a warranty audit. That is just an incredible misuse of the dealer's time, but we understand why the manufacturers do it. And if they're following the proper procedures and outlines and guidelines, they can avoid a warranty audit. Good points. Finally, John, under warranty policies, we have to look at the basis for dealer reimbursement. Explain that, please. Yeah, so the manufacturers typically have this in their policy manual or, or, or guidelines about how they're going to reimburse for labor or for parts. So let's start with, with labor. What we see is most of the major manufacturers will provide reimbursement on the dealer's advertised shop rate. However, on some short-line products for specialty manufacturers, a tendency that they have is more along the lines of a set dollar amount per hour as to what they're going to reimburse the dealer for on their labor. Uh, Again, we don't like surprises. This is a question that dealers should be asking at the time of the contract start. And, And I would even go one step further. Clarity on these warranty reimbursement issues should be a basis as to whether or not the dealer takes on the product line or not. Why are you taking on a product line that's going to reimburse you for warranty at a lesser rate than what you're charging the customer? To me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And so I think there's an opportunity for negotiation with the manufacturer by the dealer on that labor rate reimbursement. Related to that is parts. Are parts going to be reimbursed at dealer net cost or at retail cost or at retail plus? Great example of where we see some of that slippage that's happening on the financial side in warranty reimbursement. An area that the better manufacturers step up and provide it as an incentive for dealers to do warranty work and get those warranty payments in on time. 
Philosophically, our association has always taken a position that the manufacturer should be paying the dealer for warranty what we're charging a retail customer. If it's not the case, then the bottom line is why are our retail customers subsidizing manufacturers um, on service work? So other related things that a dealer should know, Mike, what's reimbursement policy for pickup, delivery charge, handling fees, administrative things, I think that you know can all be you know, looked at from the whole policies and procedures. But once again, we can't overstate the importance for dealers to clearly understand what the warranty reimbursement policy is of this particular manufacturer and make this one of those key things, those critical things that are being reviewed when you're deciding whether or not to take the product line on. Well, John, we've covered a lot of ground in this podcast, and we still have a couple of sections to go. We're going to do that next time around. I'm sure you hope, as do I, that dealers pay attention to what you've been speaking about in this series of podcasts, specifically even today. A brochure on this topic is available on WIDA's website under the Advocate tab under Manufacturing and Industry Relations at westerneda.com. That's westerneda.com. John, in our next podcast, you'll be talking about contract termination, other requirements, and company and product information. We're looking forward to that. Hope you are, too. Absolutely. John Schmeiser, CEO, Western Equipment Dealers Association. I'm Mike Kramer. Stay safe, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This has been We to Connect. If you have a question, would like to suggest future topics, or just tell us what you think about the show, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us at westerneda.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to We to Connect on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Until next time.